0: Welcome to Inspiring Change from O'Cali, our forum of stories and connections from our ongoing work of inspiring change and promoting access for people with disabilities. I'm Simon Buer. If you don't know Ohio geography, Bucyrus is a small city in the north central part of the state. From Mansfield, it's about a 30 minute drive west. From Toledo, about an hour and a half to the southeast, give or take. Gabby Kaczynski graduated from Bucyrus High School in Bucyrus, Ohio in the spring of 2020. Like millions of other students across the country, she's getting ready to go to college this fall. It's a weird time for all of this, of course, because of COVID. Gabby finished out her high school career with online schooling, and she's going to start college online too. Of course, any kind of major life transition like this, moving from high school to college, is always going to involve some changes and challenges, as well as new avenues and opportunities. We caught up with Gabby over the summer and asked her to reflect on her school career so far and talk about the next steps in her journey, We also talked to the group of professionals who teamed up to support Gabby along the way. A multi-agency approach to transition doesn't always happen, so we wanted to learn more about what the team did, what they learned, and what they're planning to do next. Okay. So welcome, everyone. Um, let's go ahead and can you please uh, tell us your name and who you are? And Gabby, let's start with you.
1: I am Gabby Kaczynski. I just graduated high school. I will be studying college in the fall. And I love to be on my phone and
2: be outside. I am Elaine Kithcart. I am a service and support administrator from uh, Crawford County Board of DD. Um, actually, the transition is what I specialize in, and I'm Gabby's SSA.
3: I'm Audrey Mueller. I'm with Opportunities for Ohioans with Disabilities. I am a vocational rehabilitation counselor. Um, I have only started working with Gabby within the last couple of months. I provide supports um, through the Employment First Partnership, which is a contract with the Department of uh, Developmental Disabilities. I'm
4: Amy Van Forest, and uh, I'm an intervention specialist with Cyrus City Schools. And uh, Gabby was on my caseload, so I wrote her IEP. I'm Tammy Wertz. Um I'm an intervention
5: specialist, uh, multiple disabilities, cross categorical teacher um, at Cyrus High School. I was at the elementary. And I had the pleasure of meeting Gabby in the elementary school. And then we reconnected back in high school.
6: I'm Janelle Parker. I'm the physical therapist for Bucyrus City Schools. So um, I've been in Bucyrus for the last four years. So I've gotten to know Gabby throughout her high school years.
0: Okay, just a quick timeout for a summary and recap. Gabby Kaczynski is a recent high school graduate from Bucyrus High School. Amy Van Voors and Tammy Gwertz are both intervention specialists for Bucyrus City Schools. Janelle Parker is the physical therapist for Bucyrus City Schools. We were also introduced to Elaine Kithcart, a service and support administrator for Crawford County Board of Developmental Disabilities. And Audrey Mueller is a vocational rehabilitation counselor for Opportunities for Ohioans with disabilities. There are a lot of people and voices in this episode, so we just want to try to keep them all straight. Amy, Tammy, Janelle, Elaine, and Audrey made up Gabby's transition team, although Audrey had only started working with Gabby in recent months after a colleague who had previously worked with Gabby took a different position. Okay, so hopefully we got that straight. Or straight enough. Let's continue the conversation and get to know more about Gabby. Gabby, take us back to when you were a younger Gabby, and who did you want to be? What did you want to do when you became an adult? So
1: when I was younger, at first I wanted to be a doctor, but then I outgrew that. And then ever since then, I wanted to be an elementary teacher, and I stuck with that. Throughout my years.
0: An elementary school teacher? Yes. What were some of your favorite classes?
1: I love English. And then my second favorite class was home
0: Did you have any difficulties or particular challenges in school? And were there any teachers that helped you or administrators?
1: So I only have use of my right arm. My other ones did not work. So I have always had a scribe who writes stuff down. I can do some writing, but most of it someone has to help me with because you would not be able to read my handwriting. And then I do have, I do have trouble with math, so I do get extra help there in that area.
0: Yeah. What what kinds of things would you do? What kind of help would you get?
1: I've always struggled with math um, because I'm not the greatest at it. I eventually got, got the hang of it with extra help because uh, that is my weakest spot when it comes to education. Um, but I would always have a calculator, always have a scribe. And then my teachers were always willing to help me whenever I needed help.
0: What would you say were some of your highlights in, in high school, Gabby, or some of your accomplishments?
1: Throughout my high school career, whatever you want to call it, I have mostly maintained good uh, GPA and have been on the roll all four years of high school. And that is something really that I care I care very much about my grades because I like to make my parents
0: proud. That's that's awesome. So when you were in high school, can you talk a little bit about when you started um, like your career planning or working on your career goals? Do you remember what that was like?
1: I wanna say we started freshman year. I don't exactly remember what it was like but i want to say we started freshman
0: year and were you were you working towards uh at that point becoming a teacher or moving in a direction that would allow you to become a teacher
1: yes i have always worked towards that goal uh for quite some time now but, but it has always been that goal yes
0: that's great. Amy, can you, can you talk a little bit or shed a little bit of light on the, the career planning process, the transition process for Gabby?
4: Well, I wanted to know, um, Gabby, did you have the career class when you came over in middle school, a career exploration? Yeah. Okay, so they started, they started with that.
0: And that was in middle school, Amy? You said middle school?
4: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, they did have a career exploration and then uh, then Gabby went to Pioneer or junior year. Well, part of it. Yeah, part of it and part of it. What's Pioneer? Uh, What's that? That's the, the Career um, Technology Center. But that just was not, you just didn't like that, did you, Gabby? No.
1: I, like, missed, I liked my lab. I did not like the other part
4: of it. Right. So she came back and that's when that's when uh, I got to to meet. Well, I had met Gabby before, but I got to actually get to know her. Now the the career, I would say your career. Capstone Project. Right. Capstone Project. And she had to have hours for that. So she's she went over to the was able to go over to the elementary to work with the after school program. I loved it yeah that was great, and as far as the other career, I'm thinking about that for for the transition um she'd already connected by the time i I helped Gabby at her junior year. she'd already connected with the o o d and the board of developmental disabilities, and that's what I feel. They, I feel they were instrumental in, her, in helping her determine her desired career paths.
0: Elaine, could you talk a little bit about how the county board got involved?
2: Gabby kind of uh, was not getting services for a while from the county board. Um, when she came back it was about a year, probably what, Gabby, a year and a half ago? Yeah. When I first started working, gone on two years pretty soon.
0: So that was like mid partway through your junior year when this started?
2: Yeah. So I think that's really when we heavily got into the transition phase with her. It was a little bit later, at least when I got involved. And I know that she had some some experience prior with OOG because I do know that she did one summer of summer work experience where she actually worked at the county board. Do you remember that, Gabby?
1: Yeah, into to phone and
2: everything. You weren't working with me yet, but I remember seeing you there. Um, you were answering phones. So I know that she did at least one year with um, doing the summer work experience. Uh, and then at that point, when I picked up with her was when I really started connecting more with OOG. And we started really working as a team, probably the beginning of her senior year. I would say that's when we really got heavy into really working as a team. We had, what, probably four or five meetings during the school year. That was
4: my that was my recollection when I was looking,
2: yes. Which was really very helpful. That doesn't always take place, truthfully, as far as transition. Um, and we really came together in those meetings with Gabby to try to uh, one example I could say was her capstone project. We, uh, at that point, when we first started looking at that, we weren't even sure that she had everything ready for graduation. We, I reached out to her school counselor to find out, make sure because that's when we first started talking about college. That's when we really started working. Our goal was to make sure that Gabby was, this was really what she wanted to do. So allowing her to work with elementary age kids gave her also a little bit of something she could put on a resume also. Those meetings, I think, were crucial to be,
4: you know, you can email back and forth. But having those in-person meetings and and they really initiated them. you know, said, let's do this. So, you know, I arranged a room and I really feel that was key and everybody getting on the same page. And like Elaine said, with the capstone and working together.
0: So the meetings were held at the, at the high school. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. And then how, how frequently you said four to five meetings, but were those like once a month or once every few weeks?
2: It just depended, didn't it Elaine? I would say sometimes they were quarterly near as we got, um, say um, nearer graduation, we might meet even twice a month. It depends on what we were trying to finalize for Gabby.
0: Gabby, can you tell us a little bit about your capstone project? We've kind of mentioned it a couple times.
1: So for my capstone project, I did it around after school programs because like I have previously mentioned, I wanted to go into the elementary fields. And it would give me that experience to work with little kids and gain the knowledge of what I would have to do in the future.
0: The kids haven't haven't changed your mind at all. Like once you actually started. No. doing, it. No. Okay. No. Nope. <laughs> That's really great. Um, so f- for some of the rest of you, I just wanted to talk uh, specifically about like your roles and, and what you have contributed um, specifically towards the transition process, um, and maybe hear from, from some folks who haven't haven't spoken yet. So, Audrey, could you talk a little bit about just in general what how you typically help uh, with the transition process for for uh, for students at the high school level?
3: OD provides the um, services out as early as the age of fourteen. In general, our our goal is to help with the exploration. With learning um, how to advocate for yourself to get to your your job goal, Um, also to help with the needed supports to gain that success wherever they're going. So, with transition students, that's the career exploration. um, You know, while they're working through their school programs in the summer, offering them work experience opportunities, as Elaine said, to help build um, their resume, um, those transferable skills. Are big. As they get closer to graduation, if we can help direct some of those work experiences in an area that helps to, one, um, encourage somebody like Gabby to um, be able to say, yes, this is definitely the area we want to go in, and it helps to finalize that job goal, then um, that's definitely what we try to do as they get older. However, sometimes it's just a matter of focusing on those transferable skills which might be um, being to work on time, working with coworkers, workers um, things along those lines. We also do help them find a temporary job, um, like in the interim, in order for them to be able to continue to build those transferable skills as well as make money to be able to save up for, if college is the goal, then to save up for when they go to college to be able to pay for some of the bills that might be associated with
0: college. Janelle, you, you have kind of a... a a unique role as a as a physical therapist, and I, I think maybe for for some people, um, they may not typically think of a physical therapist being part of the um, the transition process. But could you talk a little bit about about what you've done um, uh, in working with Gabby and and help us understand more how PT uh, relates to her her transition?
6: for Gabby specifically her mobility um, throughout her community and school environments educational environments is crucial it is a critical piece for her and we've had our share of wheelchair issues and she <laughs> whether she's stranded on the bus and can't get off or at like 6 6:45 whatever time in the morning that is that I get those crazy calls um, or, you know, she or something is just not running right and or she's stuck in a classroom somewhere and can't get from point A to point B in the building. Gabby and her teachers and support staff would reach out to me and I'd try to run over to the high school and help problem solve. So um, her power wheelchair is her lifeline. And I've just been more of a resource um, and for like getting wheelchair repairs and getting things lined up when they need to be. Um, done. Gabby, you know, has such an independent um, personality and she has a drive and high motivation to be independent. I wanted to make sure as she graduated that she knew, number one, who um, who to call when these things happen in the future, to set that up where she knows where she can, you know, where she can go to get that help, knowing who her wheelchair provider is and and who the repairman is that can come out to to help her when these things happen. And and also through this transition process, we've been working on getting uh, with Elaine and Audrey, um, working as a team to try to get Gabby a new wheelchair. Her wheelchair is kind of wearing out. So she's in need of a new one. Um, And so we've been working through that process together as a team. So I think that's been pretty critical. Just Basically, because Gabby's Power Wheelchair is her lifeline. It's her ability to access transportation. It's her to get from, you know, to places in her community to get to her education, um, her her secondary education that she's going to begin, um, and then to get eventually into her career path. And so um, just teaching her how to be independent with knowing where to turn and who to turn to when things happen.
0: That's great. So not just um, being that resource, but also helping direct her um, as she moves forward with her life, too.
6: Yeah, I feel like through the transition, it's been my my job is just been to educate not only Gabby, but the team, too. I know I've you know shared a lot of information with Elaine and Audrey both, you know, about these are the things that, cause I can't do everything for her. You know, Gabby needs to be able to do these things for herself now. Um, Now that she's an adult and independent and through high school and um, they are the supporters now that can, you know, help guide her with that, with that process when she, you know, when she just doesn't know where to turn.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Were there any um, kind of like aha moments or just um, uh, moments where in, in, all of you have different areas of expertise, but in coming together for these four or five meetings, did it help shift your perspective at all or did you learn anything new?
5: I just came up to the high school four years ago and I didn't know these agencies existed. So I've learned a lot from them. Um, they've guided me, they've directed me, they've helped me get Gabby you know, started and then V helped finish it, Amy, Van Voorhees, sorry. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, it was a team, team effort, but I didn't know it all existed either until I, I, I don't know how I, I just stumbled about it one day, I think. And it was like, we need to get these kids started, you know, as soon as we can and mention it at the IEP meetings and get the referrals to the families
4: and, um, see where it takes us it's a sense of relief. I have a, a spe- specific job within this team to have a team and to have the other people, you know, that's awesome because it, it, it would it's daunting to think, well, of it yourself. Don't you think, Tammy? Yeah, that's right. It's, it's a big relief to be able to go to
5: somebody and, and say, you know, what can we do? How do we help her get here? It's not only in school. It's connecting out of school with other, you know, other agencies that I still don't know about. I'm still learning. There's more out
4: there. It's just the fact of you have one, one person or two people on your team versus six. It's just, it's just going to be better.
5: Yeah, I, I don't know if you and I could have got where we are today, Amy, <laughs> with just the two of us. Oh.
0: Yeah. So there's strength in numbers, it sounds like. Would you have any advice or suggestions for school districts uh, around the state that, are, that haven't kind of gone to this, this team model?
4: The earlier you can start, the better. And getting the parents on board with it, too.
5: Sometimes the parents aren't on board right away. And it may take a year for them to say, oh, yeah, we really do need this. So don't give up after the first year. The more information we can get out to the families about the agencies, the better. It's about the students, too. It's just not about the, the parents. The students
3: got to buy into it, too. I will tell you, as an employment first counselor that sees the students once they've graduated from high school and are looking at their careers in the future that may not involve school, where we've missed the boat with some of them is they haven't gotten involved early on. Um, where they haven't gotten to do that career exploration. They haven't gotten that work experience. So they're coming out of high school going, I don't know what I want to do. Um, they've done the career exploration and then they realize that's not what I want to do. It it takes more schooling than what I I actually have the abilities to do. So um, getting them involved early is definitely um, a positive.
2: I think the key part that what we've learned is starting young first of all and getting involved in and I know Tammy's had me in and it's a good example with some of some of the younger kids during the IEP meetings if the parents are agreeable to that to do the presentations along with OOD Um, and really what we've found is that parents really have no idea what is really out there for them they have no idea they have no idea what it's going to take or what's really going to happen after that child graduates from high school. If you have a child that has profound developmental disabilities, most parents just seem to think their child is going to go right into a day have, and that's not the case any longer with the Employment First initiative. You know, they have several steps they have to go through before that can even happen. So it is... Um, an understanding of explaining this in a manner that the families and the parents can really see the value. I think for me um, now as the county board here has really in the last year built a really good program with our collaboration now with all the school districts being involved in the support team meetings and the networking. this is an example of what should happen with every child. And that's what my goal okay. is. So this whole new process of starting young, doing step-by-step, step, um, I do transition assessments besides their regular transition plans and backward planning. So that I can now present to the school districts and OD if they would like that, um, starting with their adult goals and we go backwards so we can identify what they're missing while they're still in high school. What I would love to see going forward is that we really start another group in the county with teachers, a representative from OOD where we meet at least quarterly um, so that we can identify and have a representative from maybe each school district, one from OOD, one from the county board, So we can identify all these areas that we're missing, how to form and work better as a team going forward so that our goal can be we have successes like this with every child. It seems like a a safety net
4: to me when I was listening, just like a, or just to make sure that nobody falls through the cracks, just to have everybody working together like that.
0: Amy Van Voorst is an intervention specialist for Bucyra City Schools. She was joined by her Bucyra City Schools colleagues, Tammy Gwertz, who is also an intervention specialist, and Janelle Parker, a physical therapist. We also heard from Elaine Kipkart, a service and support administrator for Crawford County Board of Developmental Disabilities, and Audrey Mueller, a vocational rehabilitation counselor for Opportunities for Ohioans with Disabilities. Together, they form the transition team for Gabby Kaczynski, a recent high school graduate from Bucyrus High School. Gabby's heading off to college at North Central State College as she continues her journey towards becoming an elementary school teacher. Good luck, Gabby! Thanks to Gabby, Amy, Tammy, Janelle, Elaine, and Audrey for their time and for sharing this transition story with us. We look forward to catching up with you soon and seeing how things are going. You're listening to Inspiring Change from OCALI, our forum of stories and connections from our ongoing work of inspiring change and promoting access for people with disabilities. Be sure to subscribe to Inspiring Change on Apple, Google, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find all of our episodes on ocali.org slash podcasts. And of course, each episode also includes a transcript. You can connect with us through social media by using the hashtag #InspiringChangePod. Thanks again for listening to Inspiring Change, because the need for change is everywhere. And inspiration can come from anywhere. I'm Simon Buer. See you soon.